0: We are so glad you're here to join us. This is the last sermon in this set of celebration. And uh, this last sermon, I wanted to talk about a comeback. Um, In 1993, I don't know where you were. Some of our students were like, I was not here. Um, But there was a comeback that changed our world. Um, You may not be as big of a football fan as I am, but in 93, the Houston Oilers... And the Buffalo Bills met in a playoff game. Some of y'all remember that Warren Moon was on fire that year. And, you know, it was the Buffalo Bills. For those of y'all that remember the Buffalo Bills years, um, Jim Kelly and those guys, it seemed like they couldn't lose, could it? Uh, But in that playoff game, it changed. You see, because during that playoff game, Warren Moon came out, and he just was an amazing, amazing quarterback. And they went into halftime 28 to 3. And I remember me and my brothers, not like literal brothers, I only have a sister, but me and my friends were gathered around watching the game, and we're going, it's over. The end of the Buffalo Bills legacy is done. And so we we watched the second half, and immediately in the second half, out come Warren Moon and the Oilers, and they score again. And at this point, everybody went, What a terrible game to watch, unless you were a Houston Oilers fan. But if you're a Houston Oilers fan, you remember what happens next. It was the greatest comeback in NFL history. The Buffalo Bills came back, and they won the game. At the end of the game, I think it was 38-35, to and they went on to play in the Super Bowl. It was the greatest comeback ever in NFL history. And I say all that to say this, I believe that the church as a whole is about to make a comeback. I believe we're about to see the days where revival is going to break out in our nation like never before. And it's going to happen starting in one place. It's going to start in your home. I'm praying that for you because I'm praying that for me. And I believe it's already begun this weekend at our church. So I want y'all to just take a look with me. Students and adults and went to the disciple now, would you just stand up for me? So y'all can have a seat. I needed them to do that so they'd stay awake. Um, mostly just Brian. Um, I'm just going to ask Brian to randomly stand throughout the sermon and move it to another pew or something. But um, 62 students, not just counting adults, I'm telling you, God is up to something. And I don't believe he's going to start it somewhere else. I think he's going to start it here. I believe the comeback has begun here. I believe God's about to change the nation from here. And he wants you to be a part of it. He doesn't want you to sit back. He doesn't want you just to be a church member. He wants you to be radically on fire for where he's about to take his church. So I'm asking you to do something from the very start of this sermon. I want you just to bow your head and pray with me. And I want you just to ask the Lord, Lord, would you include me? Make that your prayer. Let's pray together to start. Father in heaven, use me. Father, include me in the fire that's about to take over the nation by your Holy Spirit. God, I want to be a part of seeing the nations one to the name of Jesus. And Father, I want to be a part of the great revival that's going to start sweeping Quell Creek. Lord, it's more than just saying we're down and out. We're about to make a comeback the world has never seen. You're about to do something amazing. And, Father, I pray that it would start with me, that it would change my household, that it would change the church at Quell Creek, God, that it would change our city and the world. Father, use me. Father, use us. Father, lead us. Change us. Lord, break us so that we can see that you are worth celebrating today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Are you ready? Are you ready to make a comeback? Are you ready to be a part of something that only God can do? He wants to use you. He wants to use you in his plans. He doesn't want to leave you out. He doesn't want to move someone else. He wants to use you. And so you just got to be available today. You got to be ready for the comeback. At halftime, the Bills went into the locker room and guys were throwing their helmets around. Their coach walked in and he said, Excuse me will there be a football on the field in the second half? And they went, well, yeah, coach. And he said, then there's a chance, because y'all get to touch it. And y'all can make a move if you so choose, but the only way this game is over is if they take the football off the field. And so they did take the football off the field, and it had a W on it for a win. So I'm asking you today, are you ready for that? Are you ready that God will today start a process in your life that will take you and move you to where he's calling you to be? Because I believe that's exactly where God is taking every person, even if you feel like you are done. Maybe that's your story today. Maybe you walked into church today and just said, "Uh, Kyle, I, I am too sinful. Kyle, I am too far gone. Kyle, I am too young. Kyle, I am too old kyle i am too whatever you can add whatever you want in there and i'll just tell you whatever you enter in in that blank space god's about to defeat in your life he can use anyone he can use me and so i know he can use you because we're all broken vessels who get to carry the greatness of god that's what you get to be a part of today so let's look at someone that looks a lot like us today so that we can hear the truth of what God is about to do. Open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 15. As you're looking up that in your Bible, I want to make note of Mr. Brian Hausers here. He is our director of missions for Amarillo. He's right there in the back. Brian, thank you for being here with us today, brother. We appreciate you and all you do. So today, as we look at Luke chapter 15, verse 11, we see a guy that looks an awful lot like us. You may be like, hey, listen, I, I know where you're going, Pastor. I am not a prodigal son. Okay, then you're a daughter. But either way, you're busted up. So am I. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm. Um, here we go. Luke 15, verse 11, it says this. And he also said, and that's Jesus. And in my Bible, this is red. Uh, someone the other day said, uh, Brother Kyle, I think my Bible's wrong. And I said, what happened? They said, I've got no red lettering. And I went... Okay, first off, that's okay. Second off, just label everywhere in your Bible where Jesus speaks. So if it's not labeled, go ahead and just put Jesus there in the side of your Bible. You ready? Jesus says, a man had two sons. The younger one of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate I have coming to me. So he distributed the assets to them. Y'all ever read that part of your scripture before? Didn't you always think that he just gave the younger son his part? What does it say? He distributed it to them. So older brother also gets his share right here. And then it says this not many days later the younger son gathered together all he had and travelled to a distant country, where he squandered his estate in foolish living. After he had spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he had nothing. Then he went to work for one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from the Uh, pods the pigs were eating, but no one would give him any. I think that's really interesting. And it says, when he had come to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food? And here I am dying of hunger. I'll get up and go to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against the heavens and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired hands. So he got up and he went to his father. And while the son was still a long way off, His father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your side. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father told his servants, Quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then bring the fatted calf and slaughter it. And let's celebrate with a feast. Because this son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came near the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he summoned one of the servants and asked what these things meant. Your brother is here, he told him, and the father has slaughtered the fatted calf because he has, had, uh, has him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and didn't want to go in, so his father came out and pleaded with him. But he replied to his father, Look, I have been slaving many years for you, and I have never disobeyed your orders, yet You never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours came, he has devoured your assets with prostitutes. You slaughtered the fatted calf for him. Son, he said to him, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So as I read this passage, I just have to think that God has got something in store for you. And I believe that we can find ourselves pretty quickly in this story, don't you? I believe we can find ourselves in a son that has squandered all of it, the promise that we have for life, and have nothing to show for it in a land that is looking for hope. And so today we can run back to the Father, just like Jesus says in this story. The most amazing thing I think about the church and of God is we believe that we serve a God that when a lost person comes, God is there to judge That he's righteous, he is holy, but I can guarantee you the worst of the worst when they come unto the Father, he forgives them and loves them and cherishes them. He has got a million fatted calf ready for the slaughter. Believe me, the Lord likes steak as much as you do. And he is ready to party. He is waiting for someone that would show up, that would say, I am that lost son, and I need a father who loves me. Is that you today? Is that you? Have you played this game time and time again? Have you gone through all the motions but never connected with a God that loves you? I've got a really, really good friend who grew up in a really, really terrible household. His dad was an alcoholic. And when he was young, he left his mother for another woman. And this other woman got to be best friends with his mom. They're best friends to this day. It's awesome. But the whole story goes like this. My best friend had a a huge complex when it came to God. He looked at God as a dad that leaves rather than a dad that stays. And so my dad came along. And when my dad came along, my dad loved my friend, treated him like a son, told him all the time, hey, man, I love you. What can I do for you? And maybe one of the greatest stories of all time was me and this friend decided to stay out late. And I'm talking really late. I'm talking really late. Like the sun was about to come back up kind of late. But I was a senior in high school, I was my own man. You know, the kind of guy that didn't pay rent or insurance, and most of the time didn't pay gasoline for his car either. I was independent. And so we rolled in, and I did what every independent young man does. I told my buddy, shh, let's not wake my parents. We opened the door real quiet like. I even did the roll-up. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's where you turn your car off and you let it roll into its parking spot like a ninja. We walked in, and I shut the door real quiet like this. Locked it, and I turned around. There was my dad. Well, hello, guys. I'm like, oh, no. I thought we had outlasted the man. I mean, surely he had to fall asleep at some point. And he said uh, to my friend, go to Kyle's room. And I'm like, oh, no. This is where I die. I mean, they're going to see us on the news. Pastor kills young high school son justified. Judge freezing. No bail. And so I'm standing there. and My dad does what only my dad could do. He looks at me and he says, Kyle, I am so disappointed in you. I thought you were better than this. We got to get up early tomorrow. And believe me, we're all going to get up early tomorrow. And I'm going to try and figure out what the punishment is, but until then, just know I'm severely disappointed. Go to bed. And I, I'm looking at my dad like, oh, why didn't he just hit me? My dad never hit us, but I was like, why didn't he just hit me? Knock me out. And I walk back to my room, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm disappointed in. And I walk in, and my, my best friend is crying in my room. He's just like, <laughs> and I'm like, what's wrong with you? And he said, I don't have that. It's the first time in my life I realized the greatness that I had. It's the first time in my life that I looked at my dad in a new set of eyes and went, man, I am blessed. And you know what? Maybe your story was written and you feel like it was written incorrectly. And you were given a raw deal. But can I just tell you, my friend... Today, serves the Lord with all he's got. He could have played the story out. He could have said, I wasn't given this, or I didn't get that, or it didn't go my way. Well, let me use a Michael Pinkston for you. Cupcake, wake up. It's going to be okay, but put your big boy pants on and let's go. Return to a God that loves you. Return to a God that made you, and while you think your story may be raw and wrong and incorrect, let him write it. You may think that you've been the author, but you have so not been the author. He's just waiting for you to turn the page. So today we can play the game, we can act the part, we can wear our churchy clothes and say our churchy things like, Oh God bless you, or I'm doing great brother. Isn't that coffee delicious? Praise the Lord. We can play the game, or we can get really real before a God that loves us today. And we can return to a God even at the expense of us. The rich young ruler doesn't come with pride. He comes broken. Can I tell you, when you come broken, you run into a God who is desperately in love with you. He desires to be with you. He desires to lavish gifts upon you. But you gotta come broken. So here's what we get. Number one, your current condition changes because of God's position. Your current condition changes because of God's position. I will tell you that when you're not pursuing God, you will pursue the things of the world. And the things of the world are an awful lot like pig slop, they'll look attractive eventually. And all the world may be eaten out of that trough, but you don't need to be. We serve a king who has the king of riches. You ever walked into a great food buffet? I'm not talking about one of those like, <coughs> it's all good, brother, eat some. I'm talking like really good buffet where you walk in and you have to like step back and go, huh. Oh. April and I, when we were young married, we had this couple that came to us and said, Kyle and April, we have paid half of your trip. You need to pay the rest and come on a cruise with us. And we went, Okay. So we saved up and we paid it off. And I'll never forget, we get onto the boat. And if you've ever been on a cruise, the buffet is, well, listen, buffets in town are good. I'm not going to criticize. I'll eat them until I'm sick. Forgive me, Lord. Um, But on a boat, the buffet is, like, you walk in and angels sing. And you're like, clearly, This is close to where kingdom of heaven will look like. I believe kingdom of heaven is going to look like a boat buffet. You walk in and you go, "I can have all of this," and the guy goes three or four times, and you're like, like, "Yes!" You're just you don't even get a plate; you just get the tray, and you're pushing it on the tray. And you're like, "Where do I sit?" And he goes, "Anywhere you want." And you're like, "Yes!" And so you just sit at the buffet. I need more of that. Yep. This is delicious. And you look over and the chef is carved out like the Eiffel Tower out of watermelon. And you're like, we, mmm, it's delicious. This is what God has reserved for those that love him. It doesn't mean your life is, you know, oh, yeah, life is great. It just means that as we go through life, there's a buffet of God waiting for you. You must come broken, but just know that the God of heaven has reserved for you all good things. And remember, Scripture says that all good and perfect gifts comes down from the Father. That means this: he has reserved for you that moment on the road. He's already prepared it. He's just waiting for you to show up. But I'll just tell you this. This is your next point. The world does not like spiritual things. The world does not like spiritual things. They're gonna make you abandon spiritual things. They're gonna write it off. They're gonna say, how can you believe in a God that created the world? Clearly cosmos collided, and you oozed out of the ooze and became a monkey and then a man. Clearly, science proves that, right? Right? Wrong. I mean, come on y'all, wake it up. Y'all weren't even that disciple now, y'all folks back there. Y'all gotta, y'all gotta help the students out. That's incorrect. It's a belief system. And they want you to believe a belief system that they claim is fact when we have the fact that has become our belief system. The truth sets free. The lies never set free, they encapture. So the world despises spiritual things because they want it to be written off, because a lost world doesn't want to have to answer to a holy God. Only to find at the end of their life, everyone stands before a holy God. No one is omitted. Not one. That is why we must weep and cry over this generation that opposes the things of God. Because while we may play a part here, when we appear there, we will all stand before a God who declares to us, either he knows us or he doesn't. There is not an okay moment in heaven. There's not a side door. There's not a, hey, I don't know you, but if you turn right over here, you can walk into heaven anyway. Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. So if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, what do we say to our friends that don't claim Jesus but want heaven? We say this, it's not open, only through Jesus, only through him. We made a a tactical error, I guess about a year and a half ago, Brian and I are, are, are big fans of a particular band called Need to Breathe. And so we decided that we were going to invest. We've never done this, but we loaded up. I, I took April, Brian took a buddy, and uh, we, we drove to Oklahoma. Went to Oklahoma City to, uh, to the brick, area, brick town area of Oklahoma City to this little event center to see a few bands play. We were stoked. I mean we were pumped and they said we need you if you're gonna be backstage which we paid for backstage. We we went in. We invested. We need you here two hours before so we can let you in. So we went, let's do it. So we showed up and we stood outside and in Bricktown, in the middle of heat, it like amplifies a thousand degrees. I I think we could have cooked eggs on the sidewalk. So we're standing outside and we're sweating. We're like, hey, this is all right, we're gonna go backstage here in a minute. And they waited and they waited. And then two hours later, they let us in. Needless to say, we four were going, What is going on with y'all? I paid for this. I should be let in now. I mean, we're I mean, we reached the point where our grace had fallen and our angst had risen, and we were ready to take the city. It was hot. We had no water, but we had paid to get in. And as we're walking in, so is everybody else. We were angry. So we got backstage, and we stood in a line backstage. And they said, crowd in. Have you ever been sweaty and had to crowd in? Oh, so we're crowded in. I'm like, you could back up. Back up. And then they come out and they play. As soon as they start playing, you know what we did? We didn't go, oh, it's about time. We went, oh, this is cool. Nice. And they all sang and we were like, oh, yay. They said, get in a line to take an autograph and a picture. And we went, okay. And we got in our line and we, I, I still have the picture. I'm not sitting there going, I'm hot. <sighs> I mean, I'm in the picture like, I'm standing next to need to breathe. I'm like, I was pumped. It was awesome. This is what happens when you get in the presence of a holy God. No matter your circumstances, when you get before a holy God, you have an encounter with him that changes you, and it wrecks your life, and you can't hold on to the things of the world anymore. You hold on to him. So let me just say this. You are the comeback. You are the comeback. You are the comeback kind of person that when you get in the presence of God, he resurrects your life. So hear this, coming back from death is worth celebrating. Coming back from death is worth celebrating because you have been a person on a death cycle from the day you were born. From the moment you took a breath, your time started on this planet to end. We don't know what time that's going to be. We don't know the certainties of what's going to happen next, but here's what I can tell you. When I was seven, a different clock started in my life. Because at age seven, I gave my life to Christ. And while my earthly body is still failing, listen, I'm trying to pump it up. If I can't get my arms big, at least my belly should be. I'm trying to get ready, but i got to tell you, my focus is no longer here. Because my clock for eternity began at age seven. When I gave my life to Christ, it changed me. It should change you. And so it's a reminder of when we started this series, what the video said. It had three key values, and it's this. Number one, every number has a name. And while you walk into many buildings, you're numbered and counted. You have a name. So you're not just one of the numbers. You have a name. And the amazing thing about that is this. Every name has a story. You carry a story today that only you have. You're created so uniquely by God. And while you may share values and and backgrounds, your story is so unique. And what's the most amazing thing to this, you're a name that has a story, but your story matters to God. So that means this, oh, prodigal kid, son or daughter that has wandered. Today we can count on a holy God who stands ready and willing to change your life now. Will you give him your life? Will you let the celebration begin in you? And today, if you do know Jesus Christ, are you starting the celebration for others? Are you inviting them into a relationship with Jesus? If He is the way, the truth, and the life, you hold the key in Jesus. You better be taking it to Him. So today, let's start a celebration. Let's get ready, let's become the comeback kind of people that declare today that God is worthy and holy and awesome and he will do that in us. Let's pray, Father in heaven, we pray that you would start something drastic in the next few minutes. As we have this time of invitation, you would lead people to be comeback kind of people. God, lead us and guide us. Lord, the world despises the things of you, but God, we declare the greatness of who you are today. Lord, we want to be changed by you. We want to be led by you. And Father, we want you to lead us the rest of our lives. So Father, speak over us. Speak through us. Change us today. Lord, we pray this in the holy and powerful name of Jesus. Amen.